It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. All right, and here we go. It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and finally back with me, as always, is Trader Andy. What's up, my bro? How are you? What's up, bro? How are we doing today? I, I don't know, man. I feel left out. I haven't seen you in, in forever. It's been two, three episodes since you last joined me. I've been stuck with uh, the, the Greek guy over there. You keep getting out of here. By the time we post this, we'll be one week from coming to America coming out. So oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. I got a little bit to be excited about. <laughs> Well, Andy, we got a lot going on today. I'm going to, you know, I'm worried about you fanboying a little bit here. We got another guest lined up today, and this is one of your guys. I know you're the prospect guy, and this is uh, the prospect guy of all prospect guys. Joining us on the microphone from Rotowire is Mr. James Anderson. How you doing, my man? What's up? I'm doing good. It's good to be on with you guys. Uh, It was fun uh, sort of meeting you guys in in a big startup draft a couple months ago, and yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I, I, I think Andy's got his, his eye on making a trade with you by the end of the season, just so he could say he did that. that, that that's, on, that's on the bucket list. <laughs> James, I know you've been talking prospects all offseason, and that's kind of your thing. We're on the last leg of our impact prospects for the 2021 season, so you were the perfect guest, and it, it just lined up beautifully for us. I've been studying your top 400 prospect list on Rotowire up and down. I, I can't get enough of it. And uh, I'm going to refer to that quite a bit today. Farm Fridays, guys, as my absolute favorite hour of the week. I've been listening for a couple years now and I've learned so much from it. And I'm proud to say that that's one of the things that I use to get where I am now. So so thank you for that, man. I love it. That's, that's really cool to hear. I, I really appreciate that. It's always a fun hour of the week. That's a it's a show that I definitely look forward to. So yeah, that's that's really cool that you've been listening to that one. James, you've been doing this a long time. So what is it that in the fantasy game that got you to be geared more towards prospects? Because I think you said you were doing uh, the prospect write-ups on Rotowire for more than 10 years now at this point, right? Yeah, it sort of, it just it just kind of became an area that I felt was kind of undercovered and something that the more sort of research and stuff that I would do, I just kind of kept sinking further and further into sort of that side of things. And I'd know, you know, the top 100 prospects and I'd be like, well, who are the next 100 and who are the next 100? And I just would want to know as much about the minor leagues as possible in terms of just players in every farm system and you know i think it it it's applicable to dynasty leagues of course but i think it it certainly helps in redraft as well if you kind of know a guy's full story you've been following him for maybe three or four years longer than most of the people that just play redraft have been following them i mean i think it gives you a potential leg up in that regard and i just love dynasty leagues i love the aspect of trying to land a guy you know before he's anything and then just watching him kind of blow up while he's on your roster it's just it's a ton of fun and yeah i I love it yeah one of the things that you said that resonates with me is andy and i have been playing in an auction league that we do a separate minor league draft and it's it's a two now it's a three round minor league draft so we generally always had the top 50 75 prospects on the farm there but nowadays with these dynasty leagues i mean jesus i'm in one that's a 30 team 60 rounder so it goes 1800 players deep so you're basically taking every team's top 30 top 40 prospects so you got to know all this so it's really really an 
expanding area of the game that, you know, I've really taken a love to, and I know Andy has as well. And if you guys aren't on there yet, you need to uh, join the uh, Rotowire for uh, the subscription there. Great information. You get the top 400 prospects, and the site's just great. Me and Jeff use it all the time. Yeah, really appreciate that. Um, Rotowire slash pod, if you want to do a free uh, 10-day trial without a credit card. James, one question I have for you. Your rankings are generally not a consensus ranking. They're pretty much off the beaten path a little bit. What is your process for your ranking? Basically, what I'm asking is how much minor league ball do you get to watch and how much does the eye test come into it for you versus just crunching numbers? Well, I mean, I definitely have seen pretty much every prospect I rank. Like, I've seen at least some video on them. Sometimes it just depends how much is out there. I don't get to, you know, there's guys that are kind of doing the same thing I'm doing who see probably 10 times as many games as I do. I mean, I live in I live in Madison, Wisconsin. It's definitely not a, a hub of, of uh, pro baseball. Um, it's not, yeah. it's definitely not a year round type of deal. And there's also just so much else that kind of goes into my job at Rotowire that it just wouldn't make sense for me to be on the road that much. And I'm responsible for knowing the entire minor leagues. And so it's just, it's not very efficient and efficient use of my time. If I'm trying to get on the road and just see as many prospects as I can, because I'm, I'm inevitably only going to see maybe like 15% or 10%. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that's just not that useful. And so I, I watch as, as much video as I can. I rely a lot on statistics and, you know, I just kind of factor that in. It's, it's, it's definitely a blend of, and, you know, just kind of biographical data too. Like, you know, how big is he? Yeah, absolutely. That, that type of thing. Um, I mean, there's just a ton of factors and there's a lot of bias, like stuff that I like and like, I'm not afraid to be really low on someone. if I just don't really see it. And I'm not afraid to be really high on someone, even if maybe other people aren't quite seeing what I'm seeing or, or whatever. I think that that's kind of what you should be trying to do. I mean, if we were all just trying to have our lists basically resemble one another, I mean, I don't think that's really useful for anyone. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are people who probably haven't liked where I've been at on, on certain guys and maybe found another list they like more or something like that. But I think a lot of people just kind of appreciate the fact that I'm not trying to just have mine look like all the other lists out there. Yeah. I'm one of those guys. I rely on the eye test a lot. I, I watch a lot of video. Like you said, I know Andy does as well. I see something I like cause I played the, I played the game for 20 years. So, you know, like m- one of my guys is, is Daniel Espino. I've been following him since, since he was at the Georgia Academy. I can't get enough of it, man. I, I just love watching it. So I, I'm just convinced that this guy's going to be, you know, the, the, the next coming and, and I'm not going to give up until he gets there. That's, I just kind of have that bias of locking on like that. James, who's your favorite prospect ever that didn't work out for you? Um, I got asked this uh, pretty recently. Uh, I feel it's one of those questions where, like, I don't. I, I'm sure there's guys I'm not thinking of that might even be better answers, but one that uh, really comes to mind just because of how high I was on him is Nomar Mazzara. Yeah. Um, like I was just, I, I bought a Nomar Mazzara jersey, like a, when he was oh, a rookie with the Rangers. Like, oh. I mean, like I, I was, I was really convinced that Nomar Mazzara was just going to be uh, 
a monster middle of the order masher for like a decade. And, uh, I, re- I think I had him like as high as number three overall on my prospect rankings. Um, Old. his rookie, you know, when he got that call like super early, uh, that was Clay Lincoln. And I, that was our first year in the main event. We like dropped like over half of our fab on him. Like, I mean, I was, I was all in a Nomar Mazzara and, and that definitely, uh, that ship has sailed. I think at this point, <laughs> hey, James, before I ask Andy the same question, uh, do you think that I should burn my Scott Kingery Lehigh Valley iron pigs Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I was in love with this guy, and I'm a Philly guy, so that that's actually another good one. I, I think I was I was pretty high on Kingery compared to other people as well. So that's that's one that you and I both share. All right, Andy, who's your guy? Well, I I obviously missed on a, a few over the years. The I have a couple that come to mind right away, and one was Jose Guillen from the Pirates. I had him like every single year, and all he did was hit 12 home runs every single year for like the first three years. <laughs> And bad 270. Uh, another guy I loved was Felipe Lopez from the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the other one was a total flop was Ruben Mateo from the Rangers. He's still around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you think M- Mazzara, he's only 26 years old. You really, 25. You think the, the ship has sailed? Well, no, I, look at no, him, look how many look how many plate appearances he's had and like yeah. look at look at how his like his pro look at like the direction of his like production like it's kind of it's it's really it's not it's not trending up that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just he's so young and there's a chance so you're saying there's I a hope, chance I hope I hope so <laughs> I I mean I hope so all right, guys, let's move on. I want to talk about a, a little bit of uh, newsworthy players before we get into the, the prospects. One guy, James, I know that you're really big on is Clint Frazier. Did he take a hit with uh, Brett Gardner signing back? I mean, it's not ideal, obviously, but I I think it, it's possible he might be a better value even in drafts now. Yeah. Uh, He's, you know, he slid at least the the most recent draft I did. It seemed like he went about two rounds later than he'd been going. Um, I mean, I think that could end up being a positive for for fantasy managers. I I still think he I think he gets to like at least five hundred plate appearances as long as he like holds up his end of the bargain. Like, like I mean, if I think if he rakes, he's just going to play. I mean, he's he's kind of at that age where there's you know we're, we're past the point of this guy needing to kind of figure it out and make some improvements like he he's pro- been really productive like when he's played the last couple of years so uh i i think it's his time um i think he would have to do something to like kind of lose the job um and i think that you look at that roster like you don't want to play stanton or judge or you know these guys like every single day, right? Like you want to, you want to give them all a day off here and there. So I think, I think it can work out. And I don't think Gardner signed there with the expectation that he was still going to be like a, a four starts a week type of player. Yeah. My, my only concern with the situation is that Aaron Hicks is really the only left-handed presence in the lineup. It's right-handed all the way down. That's a, that's a little bit scary, but there's always the concern about Stanton or, or judge getting hurt. So I'm sure that it'll work itself out one way or the other. Oh, that never happens. 
Yeah, you and Brett, <laughs> you and Brett Gardner. All Never right, again. James, one of the guys that Andy's always been excited about is Dylan Cease. I'm not in love with this guy. I have a problem with seeing a very high whip and control problems early on in a career and then seeing it repeat itself. The fastball is one of the best out there. The velocity of his four seam is top notch. He throws it 47% of the time. Last year, it seems like he abandoned his curve for the slider, but we got uh, Yasmani Grandal speaking up about him, saying that he he's cleaned up the mechanics. He looks like a Cy Young finalist to be. What do you have to say about that? What do you think? I've probably been more in your camp, Jeff. I think I, like I've I've really been pretty worried about the command and control, uh, basically since he was in the minors, and um, I it's definitely possible that he could have taken a step forward there. I mean, you know, he's, I think it's more likely that Cease turns it around than like Nomar Mazzara turns it around. Um, I don't know if I really want to roll the dice, even, even where he's going in drafts. Like I'm not necessarily trying to hit a home run there with, with my pick. I basically just want a guy who I can put in my lineup whenever he's got a good matchup and not worry about it. So, um, not, I'm not really going to be in to find out if he, if he is going <laughs> to, take that huge step forward, but I wouldn't completely rule it out because, I mean, the, the stuff is there. It's just he's got to really improve the command, and, and I'm not going to just rely on a quote from Grandal to give me confidence that that's going to happen. Right. A- Andy, uh, is James saying that, not just listening to me say it all the time to you, that sell you, or you're still in? I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to abandon ship totally, but I'm not going to be all in like I was uh, a few years back. I... He definitely is a whip killer, and I'm going to try to avoid that. Maybe a share here or there just in case. But. I, I think if you were in on him, you got to at least – I mean, he's going outside the top 300. Like, I mean, if, if I had been higher on him like in the past, I'd probably make sure I had at least some exposure to him. Yeah, they, you don't want to be the guy that, that was in when it sucked and then miss out on it when it hits. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a tendency of doing that. <laughs> Jump ship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, one of the guys that I have the most shares of this year, and it's not just because I'm a Philly guy, is Reese Hoskins. Looks like he got a clean bill of health. The injury that he was nursing was on his non-throwing arm. Guy went through a lot last year. He got married. One thing that people don't really talk about, he was making a little bit more than the league minimum last year. He, he was under 600000 in salary, and he was he's basically the captain of the team. They brought in Harper with the big bucks and all that, Wheeler with the big bucks. He's finally making just under $5 million this year. Got married, had a kid. I, I think he's, his wife's pregnant or something like that. So he had a lot of life things going on, a lot of distractions. And I don't think his season last year was as bad as people think. Even though he batted two you you're never really going to get batting average out of him. But his, his batting eye is elite. He's great for on-base percentage leagues. The home run power is there. I just hope they put him in the two-hole. You exci- as excited about Reese Hoskins as I am? Not. I mean, I'm not I'm not low on him. I... I... You know, maybe I should be more excited than I am. I, I mean, I think you made a, you laid it out pretty well there. I, uh, you know, even when it's a position player and it's not um, their throwing arm, I mean, I'm still, you know, wondering if he's just going to be the same guy right away. Uh, but I mean, Hoskins is a guy I was super high on as a prospect. Uh, I yeah, I've loved the plate skills. I mean, his 
the the launch angle, the the fly ball rate that he logs is like it's like him and Mike Trout, and like that's it pretty much. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a heck of a lineup to be in if you can get kind of in between, or if you can get like next to Harper, either in front or behind, or uh, in front or behind Real Muto somehow. Um, that's a that's a really nice lineup and a, and a nice park. So I, I probably actually should get in. I, I don't think I have him anywhere yet other than in dynasty leagues, but um, I thought, I think you laid it out pretty well. His ADP is 176. He's not even being drafted as a first baseman one. He's like the 16th or 17th first baseman overall. So I think you, I think you sold me. I think you sold me on Hoskins. <laughs> um, and, and one other, one other thing too, James, that I'm big on, and Andy knows this. I'm big on the age 27 season. That, that's just when, <laughs> when, when a player usually hits his prime, and he's 27 this year. Like life's moving forward. He's ready to go. Move in. <laughs> take, take him in TGFBI, man. There you go. I will. Uh, I mean, if I if I take him in TGFBI and that that hits big, I will give you guys the credit. Oh, perfect. <laughs> nice. All right, all right. Let's get into some of these pitching prospects now, and we want to talk about what their impact is, mostly for redraft. We're not talking talking dynasty or long term so much here. Okay. The first one I want to talk about. I, I got them written down based on basically where they're ranked on James' list, not so much by ADP. So it may not go in the in the order of. Uh, of their possible impact here. So let's start off with, with the one that's probably my favorite is Sixto Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a stud for sure. Uh, three plus pitches. Uh, he's, you know, really good against lefties and righties. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, it's a nice ballpark, obviously like, like him being in the NL uh, really no, nothing to be afraid of other than just, you know, he's, he's still kind of risky from an injury standpoint and you just don't know, are you going to get like 140 innings, 150 innings, 160 innings? Like it's just, it's tough to say, but I think the innings you do get are going to be really good. I think you can start him against pretty much any lineup in baseball. And uh, I think he's a, he's a pretty fair, fair value in drafts right now. I don't, I don't think he's like a steal, but I, I would be okay taking him where he's going. Right, Andy. You have any concerns or uh, with six though, or are you in as well? I, I think he probably has uh, probably the biggest one of the biggest impacts for the the pitching out of the rookies this year. Uh, the only concern I have is you know he only had thirty nine innings last year. Uh, how many but everybody only he... had thirty nine innings last yeah, year. Yeah, but some of these younger rookies with possible injury problems, how much are they going to risk it? Plus, you know the Marlins have. 35 young pitchers they can throw out there so yeah my my biggest concern with him is just the k rate is, is it going to be high enough is, is he going to get over that nine per nine in order to really step into into the elite sp2 sp3 conversation on the long term and especially right now you know i i mean the command is good but swing and miss is kind of the most important thing when it, when it comes to fantasy at least for me i'm just not sure it's there i mean i think he's going to be a ratio stud uh yep that that's what's going to drive his value i think he's you know he's going to miss more bats than kyle Hendricks and probably fewer bats than clayton kershaw and kind of settle in around you know that area i think is where he where he settles for his prime 
All right. Yeah. All right, so we're in on six, though. I, um, I'm still drafting them. I'm taking them. All right, the next guy I want to talk about, we're going out to San Diego. They got a lot going on there. Um, Mackenzie Gore, James, you have him ranked 23rd overall. And that, that's another thing I noticed, too. And and here's mm. another way I think, like James, his top 400 list, we go more than 20 before we get to the first pitcher. And that's how I generally think, too. I, for fantasy, I always want the hitters first. They're, they're going to make more of an impact early for the most part. But Mackenzie Gore, uh, his ADP is 314. Seems like he's the odd man out right now. Uh, don't even know what the future brings because they're, they're invested long-term at the position quite a bit. I don't really know what we're looking at behind, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm a... I'm a Adrian Morahone guy myself too, so I I kind of put him not in the long term, but for the short term, I, I I'm a little higher on him right now than I am on Gore. Uh, where where do you see him slating in? Do you see him getting any time this year, or is he completely the odd man out? Well, I think they want him to factor in. It's just a matter of how healthy he is, and like because you know there were kind of rumblings over the over the summer that maybe his stuff wasn't quite where it typically was and I don't necessarily know you know how he looked because we just don't know um we have like reports we have the fact that they bypassed him for promotions when there were pretty clear opportunities if he'd been ready so I mean I think we'll have a much better idea when we see him start throwing in spring training games because if he goes if he goes out there and looks like, you know, peak Mackenzie Gore this spring, then I will be pretty bullish on the number of starts he makes this year. And if he is kind of, I don't know, like if the stuff's not quite there and he maybe doesn't look right or they're just not throwing him very much, like, yeah, then I think you, you start to worry. So I, I don't think that they want him to be languishing at AAA this year. I think they want him helping the, the big league club. So, if he's if he's ready, I think he'll be in there. Do you do you think that there's maybe the scenario where Lamette goes to the bullpen because they're worried about arm trouble and that gives him his chance? Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would take the under on pretty much any number of starts for Lamette this year. Um, I, I feel I feel like everybody in the industry is down on Lamette right now, and we were so high on him last year coming in. He was yeah. he he was like a a. a Long uh, a dark horse Cy Young bet, and it almost paid off. But yeah. everybody's everybody's down on him. It's I mean it's scary when you talk about oh the doctor told me my arm was going to fall off but it didn't, and <laughs> so I, I avoided yeah. that surgery but I might still need it. So I think uh, Morjan is going to wind up being in the bullpen a little bit this year. I feel that I think Mackenzie Gore is going to be starting uh, a game in October. Wow. So uh, the things that I heard was that he got passed up for uh, problems with his mechanics at uh, the site and his uh, windup. He was having a little difficulties with it. Okay, um, so we think we worked through that. Like, like James said, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see when it, when when we get some uh, live at bats how he looks and, and move on from there. All right, the next guy I want to talk about is the high is being drafted the highest at 105 ADP because there's some results from last year. Uh, that's Ian Anderson, who is number 33 on James' list. 
yeah, I mean, I, I think what he did last year probably surprised me more than in, in like a positive way than any other prospect. And like, to me, sort of my natural reaction there is to just assume that there's some regression coming. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's probably pretty obvious. Um, the changeup was way better than I thought. So it's not like this was all just fluky. Um, but I, I really think the changeup is his only plus pitch. And so I, I think he's a good big league starter now on a good team, but I don't think he, like, I don't think he's better than Sixto. And I mean, I don't think he's better than any of those top three for the Marlins. Um, I'd, I'd probably have him, you know, kind of in the Kevin Gaussman sort of range of my uh, starting pitching ranks for this year. And he's going about two, two to three rounds ahead of there. So I, th- I think he's being a little overdrafted, but I, I think he's um, going to be solid. I just, I don't think, I think people are kind of treating that as sort of the, the new normal with him. I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. You you mentioned it, how good the changeup is, but the curveball's not there, and he gives up a lot of hard contact on that. And you know, to 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 be a pitcher in the major leagues, you need you need three pitches to to be a, a productive starter, and we just need to see that that third pitch really develop. The the one thing that surprised me, you don't see too many young pitchers out for outperforming their xERA. He he had one of the the lowest xERAs in in. MLB last year, and he beat it by almost almost half a run. So there's definitely some regression there. I agree with you on that. He's somebody I'm passing on. Uh, there's definitely definitely too high of an ADP for me at that that point. Uh, the next guy, from a ranking standpoint, at number 38, which you're pretty high on him still. I've kind of I've kind of got my toe out of the water a little bit. Is Forrest Whitley. <sighs> Uh, what do you what do you think there, James? Is this is this the the fact he's not being drafted as if he's going to have a chance this year? You know, he's not even being drafted in in a standard fifteen team thirty round draft. He's not even, he's not even going off the board. Is this basically because of concerns about his recovery, or is it just opportunity? Uh, I'm not really touching him this year because of questions about his arm. I mean, he, all of the reports kind of coming out, um, whether it's from like the GM or Skipper or whoever, like they're just, they're very vague about his health. They're not like, this is what happened. It's, it's over. Like he's been doing this. Like, I I know he's been throwing, um, like I've seen video of him throwing, um, I just there's there's a lot going on there. I I just I can't quite quit him because I think his upside is like, you know, I mean, since I've been doing this, I don't know if I've thought a pitching prospect had a higher ceiling than for than like peak Forrest Whitley did. Uh, but I admit that it's it's not looking great. Um, I might still be too high on him. I you know I think that there's you know, most of my, most of the people I really respect who rank prospects are, are quite a bit lower. Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) um, so I, you know, I, I get the skepticism. I just, I can't quite, um, I'm, I'm kind of willing to go down with that ship. Um, 
So maybe save yourselves and just kind of let me uh, sink to the bottom of the ocean. I'm going with you. I uh, I love the guy, man. I'm going with you. Uh, I feel that every time I see this guy pitch, he just reminds me of Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I feel that once he gets past these health uh, concerns, I think he's he's going to be something. It might not be this year. And redrafts, you know, I probably will pass. But if there's any kind of keeper or dynasty league, I'm jumping in. All right. As soon as, you know, as soon as there's any sort of thing positive with him, like, any reason for optimism, like, I'll just be like, yeah, it's go time, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so he's somebody that we're going to, we're going to save a little bag worth of fab dollars and throw it at him once he comes up. He's probably, right. He's probably going to be the guy if he, if he comes up early enough that it's going to be worth going pretty close to all in on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, I, we're we're gonna be talking all, only about pitching prospects on this show, and like really like blanket statement, like I'm gonna have very very few of these guys on my teams this year. Yep. Um, so even even if Whitley is shoving, like I'll bid on him, and I'll probably get him. Like I'll probably be the high bid, but I definitely am not gonna have to use uh, that much bad. <laughs> all right, a- Andy, this is a guy I know you love. Uh, so we'll start with you on on Mr. Nate Pearson. I didn't call him Drew that time. <laughs> he he's he's being drafted ADP about two eighty right now, number forty one on James list. I I like the guy. Uh, he has great upside. His his stuff is amazing. He showed that uh, he can dominate major league hitters last year. He, he kept them to like a, a 209 batting average. The only concern was obviously the Blue Jays brought in a lot of different starters. Uh, might back him a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, they're not going to block Pearson if he's he's on. But there's other options there. If he struggles a little bit, they might give him a little time in. Uh, triple a but i feel that you know they're gonna go for it uh they're gonna put the best team on the field and i think that he's gonna be on there and uh i think uh he's worth buying this year yeah i mean i think that that's that's totally fair um i might miss the boat on pearson this year that's uh i mean he i i think he'll be in that rotation like i think he he has to lose the job in spring training um you know, but I, I think he's a pretty high injury risk as well. And just my, my sort of redraft philosophy where like in that range of the draft, I'm just taking like old boring guys, really. Like I I just, I want a guy that I can just plug in and not really have to worry too much about it and and feel pretty good about uh, the innings I'm going to get. And I just I'm not I'm not looking to really take risks there um, because there are there are pitchers like I mean I, I'll take you say Kikuchi over Pearson even though Pearson probably just blows away Kikuchi's value uh, if he if he pops this year I just I kind of want something steady and um, you know if Pearson stays healthy this year and really shoves uh, I might get back in uh, one of these one of these other years but I just I can't really take a zero there I really want to get some some contributions yeah my my biggest concern with Pearson and it's a lot of, of these short sample pitchers from last year and all all prospects that got an opportunity last year still got three three minor league options available so there's just that opportunity to suppress the the service time. They seem as a team like they're shoving the shoving the chips in. They want to win, so 
you know, there, there's always that opportunity to, to send them down for a little bit and save a couple bucks. We'll see how that, that ends up. I mean, look at their rotation. They got Steven Matz and Robbie Ray. Uh, yeah, he has, he has security there. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big opportunity for blow up on those two. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. All right, so we talked about an upside team in Toronto. Let's go to a downside team in Detroit. We got, you know, an opportunity there with for them to have almost a a, a full rotation of prospects. So let's talk about these these guys. Let's talk the whole rotation all at the same time. James, you want to start off? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Matt Manning's the best of these three long term, um, but I think he probably makes the fewest starts this year. Uh, I, you know, Casey Mize, he, he was healthy and like the stuff was there last year. He just, I think the, the command and the plan of attack was what really needed to be improved. Um, I thought the, the pitch mix was, was just not good. I think he needs to throw his fastball a lot less but obviously he has to command his secondary pitches to be able to do so. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I don't know if Detroit's going to figure this out. Maybe Mize just has to kind of figure it out on his own, but I, I think the talent's there and he's healthy. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a big check in his favor. Uh, Scooble, I, you know, the fastball's really devastating from the left side. I just, I, I, have my questions about the the secondary stuff and the command with him. Um, but, you know, I think at, at ADP, I think he's fine as well. And, you know, Manning, Manning's probably more of a fab guy in most formats, but. But he's um, the one you like the most for this year. Uh, the most long-term. I, um, long-term. I, I'd, okay. probably t- I'd, I'd probably take Mize just for this year, but I, I do like Manning the most long-term. All right. Be honest. You, you don't want Mize on your team at all, do you? <laughs> you um, you you said you'd take him. You don't want him because he, he's somebody. If you yeah. have if you have a bench spot and you can watch, all right, it works. But if you have to put those ratios in in your lineup, I think you're playing with fire. I you know I think taking pitching prospects, even when they're late in drafts, is just it's going to be a losing proposition more often than not. I mean, I, I just think you. Even when you, even if you can talk yourself into a scenario where it, where it works out, if you want to take a big swing, make sure you get like it, you know, like I love Sandy Alcantara this year. Like I'm just getting him in every league because I think he's going to blow up. And if he blows up, then that that really helps me. If he just kind of stays the same, then fine. I still use him every every week. And like I think that's sort of where you take your big swing and and try to really help yourself is in that sort of. 100 to 160 range or maybe like the the 75 to 175 range like pitching prospects like they're just they're just not going to work most of the time (laughs) and so like i'll I'll get back in like once i sort of get some more information and and feel more confident all right all right let's go over to the white Sox. we we got two guys there both might be ticketed for the bullpen which means they may have some some value for you let's talk about michael kopech and garrett crochet uh, I mean, I think Kopech's going to start. I think Crochet's going to relieve if he's if he's healthy, right? And you know, Kopech's actually, you know, he he's 
he's a guy that I might want to get on like one team just because I think the the ceiling is really high. I mean, the floor is basically nothing. Like the floor is you basically get nothing out of them this year. So yeah, I, I, I'm like no shares on Kopech, but because. Madison Bumgarner is one of those guys I'm buying back into as a bench stash, and they're going right about the same. And I'd rather have the boring veteran and pray that it comes back rather than the upside that I don't think's happening. Andy, any of them interest you, or you're out? Uh, out on both of them. I feel, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I Kopik is a injury risk still, and he got out of his contract last year, and you know opted out so who knows what's going on with that guy crochet i think he's going to be great in the bullpen uh, i think they're they're set up to win so i think that's what's going to happen yeah he'll be up he's, he's somebody that'll have value for you yeah. to to stream in and out of, out of your lineup as as you need uh spencer howard i i have a hard time with this one um there's just I I don't think the I don't think the Phillies want this guy in into the, in the rotation. I watched him a little bit last year. Again, James, I told you I'm a Phillies guy, so I, the the fastball it, it just doesn't do anything. It, it touches 100 miles an hour, but there's no deception. The the movement isn't what I like it to be. There's there's really not a secondary pitch yet. They're, they they signed Matt Moore, which you know that could be a dumpster fire, or it could be it could be a boon. We'll find that out. But now there's where they're they're interested in Jake Odorizzi. I just have a feeling they're pushing this guy out, and it's it may not happen. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm higher on him than you are. I you know I think I, like you said with Reese Hoskins, uh, I just think that Howard wasn't right last year. Uh, you know, the, I saw him in the fall league in 2019 and he looked like a frontline guy. Like he, yep. he was throwing three plus pitches. Like it was just nasty. And he just wasn't that guy at all. Like I watched his first start of the season. I was like, this is not the guy. Yeah, I exactly. I was getting right. Exactly. Um, and I, I've heard like third hand that just, things weren't all right last year like on the field off the field and that he's like coming back this year with a vengeance um i want to believe in that because I, I just can't imagine unless he's just broken physically somehow i just don't know where that picture i saw in 2019 went and so i mean he's one of those guys where if he comes out the spring and shoves his adp is going to go through the roof but I really just think you're seeing every team in baseball try to make sure their rotation goes like seven or eight deep because they're all just expecting a bunch of injuries and they just they need to have all that depth on hand. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I have this feeling like this is going to be one of the worst years with pitching injuries oh, that yeah. we've seen in a while. Hundred hmm. percent. Yeah. All right, Andy. I know you like Edward Cabrera. I'm not sure we're going to see him this year. What do you think? I. I think he could be up. I think the Marlins uh, might use him. He might. He's definitely going to start in the minors, but I think that he could be up uh, mid-season. Uh, he's he's got. I think he's got some of the best stuff on the staff, so he, he could definitely slate in there as a three-four starter right now. Uh, it's one of the most exciting rotations in, in baseball right now. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's people out there, and it, it, it's almost crazy because. You know, if if you're a casual baseball fan, their their pitching staff's a bunch of no names, but 
they might they might have the best best rotation in the division. What do you think about Cabrera, James? We got a shot this year. Well, we I mean we were talking about how many pitchers are going to get hurt this year. Like he's already hurt. He's already battling a nerve issue in his biceps. Uh, is the last the last note I saw on him, and he also dealt with uh, arm injury last year. That was pretty much why he didn't make his big league debut last year. So I mean he throws he touches triple digits. He's very much a prime candidate for some sort of arm injury. So I'm, I'm pretty worried. I mean, if you can, like, I just think you kind of almost got to assume there's, we're just going to have to deal with some sort of serious injury here. Uh, so if you can, if you can move Cabrera and dynasty and get like top 60 prospect value for him, I would do that. But uh, I mean, I think you nailed it with the, the Marlins rotation though. Like it's, it's sort of a, like hipster, like baseball nerd rotation. Where, like, <laughs> I, I really don't think like any casual fan could name anyone in that rotation. Probably yep. right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, I'm pretty excited. I, I know this sounds weird, but I'm excited about the Seattle Mariners, and I, I'm excited about them for this year. And I know most people are excited about their future, but I think that the, the, the signing of James Paxton and the bullcrap that we just went through with their front office is going to kind of push them more in a, in a direction of competing now. And I think there's enough in the lineup to to get there. And it's just a matter of if the young pitching comes along. Where do you think, with that said, Logan Gilbert falls in into place here? Well, I'm not as high as some people on him long term, but I'm I like him a lot for for this year. Like, I mean. You mentioned all the bullcrap uh, with the the front office. I mean, they basically told us like he's going to be up early, and I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if he won a job in spring training. And he was clearly getting groomed all last season at the alternate site, like getting ready for this opportunity. So if he stays healthy, I think he's going to make twenty plus starts in the maze this year. I think he's going to set the world on fire i mean we saw last year of the like however many like top 100 pitching prospects debuted like only two of them were good so i mean i don't think you should expect gilbert to be awesome but i think you'll get starts out of him all right uh one of the guys uh, i feel like i'm down on all of these guys andy andy i'll start with you tristan mckenzie uh i have problems with with the back issues, I got I got problems with the build. He looks like a skeleton. Um, there's just other player, other pitchers I'm higher on in in the, the the ADP area. He's being drafted around 200th overall, and I'm really high on Jose Urquidy this year. And you know, John Means, you could have around later. I, I I'm intrigued by him. Is is McKenzie somebody you're buying or are you selling on this? I would sell on him. I feel that it's just too risky. Uh, he's going to have those games where he would strike out 10 batters. And, you know, it, it reminded me of uh, the game he pitched last year. Reminded me of one of the first games Strasburg pitched, and he struck out like 15 in his uh, first start. And that's why I felt like with McKenzie, I saw it. But, you know, he's, I don't think he's not durable. Uh, he's He's got to put on some weight. He's got to get on the PEDs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> James, what do you got to say about McKenzie? 
I don't think he can put on weight. Like he's yeah. been tr- he's been trying to put on weight like ever since he got drafted. You know, um, I I'm I mean I'm I'm with Andy. Like I I'm hard out. Give me Urquidy over Mackenzie all day long. All right, perfect. A- Andy, back to you. I I know you're high on uh, on the 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 Tampa Bay rotation this year. Do you think that there's a, a route for Luis Patino to get in there? I think there's a route for everybody uh, in Tampa. Why? Because they're going to pitch four innings each. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah. They do the opener. They have all these <laughs> other guys. You know, they, you got Patino. You got uh, Shane McClanahan. I mean, it's just you just don't know what you're going to expect. I mean, what did they have like 13 pitchers get a save last year? You just don't know what's going to happen, and it's just a, a risky thing. But Patino has some nice stuff. He had a lot of. Uh, uh, command issues last year, and uh, I think he could use a little time in AAA. I, I, Tampa I, Bay does wonders with their pitchers. You know, I fell in love with him in the Futures game. He looked electric, electric man. He was throwing yeah. gas. I, I was loving that, but it, Tampa Bay went out and they they signed a bunch of stiffs. I, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> Yarborough is pretty good, but they went out and signed Rich Hill, brought back the the ghost of Chris Archer. And Michael Waka, like oh. I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, what's going on there. I th- they gave up a lot for Patino. I mean, he he was one of the one of the main pieces of the trade. So yeah. I, I, I just don't see the avenue for this year. I, McClanahan, I think, is way blocked. I, I wanted to see it, especially me and you have him in in that league with James. But I, I think we might be waiting a year on that. It maybe it maybe a little taste later um. on. They, they liked him enough last year where they brought him in in the playoffs. So I think he's going to get some some time. Yep. James, what, what do you got to say about Patino? You got think we got a shot with him or no? I mean, I think it's just it's going to be what, exactly what you said. Like everyone except like Glass now is going to be treated like a normal starter. Yarbrough is going to be treated kind of like a normal starter, like maybe 140 innings or something like that. And then everyone else is going to get like 80 innings. And I mean, Patino probably be one of those guys who gets 80 innings and McClanahan probably gets like 40 innings. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be really annoying for fantasy. Okay. Uh, one of the guys we got a long look at last year, uh, Dane Dunning, came over from Chicago in the Lance Lynn deal. Uh, I generally hate Texas pitchers for whatever reason. Um, I, I guess it's it's the old bias, well, the old old ballpark. They're <laughs> terrible. They're terrible at developing pitchers. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy skipped AAA. We we got a good good showing. He threw like 30, 35 innings last year. Looks like he has a good chance at a day one gig. What do you guys think? We think we're we're doing anything with him or no? I, I mean, I think he's gonna pitch, like you said. I just think it's gonna be like mid fours ERA. I, I don't know, dude. This is one of the most negative podcasts of all time. We're like, yeah. we hate this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it's it's the harsh it's the harsh truth that the people need to hear. 
Yeah. So everyone's everyone's going to listen to this and say, okay, what did I learn from these guys? Get the old boring guy. <laughs> Sometimes it works, man. Yeah. You know, that's I like I told you, I'm banking on on Bumgarner reinventing himself a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as everybody made it out to be. It was it was injury, it was change of scenery. There's a lot of things going on there. I think something's coming back. I'd rather have somebody like him than than almost all of these guys. I don't know. So let, let's look at the ADP there, though. We got Dunning, Pearson, and Scooble all going around the same time, all have a good chance at a, at a job. Which one of those three are you taking for this year? I'll take Pearson just yeah, purely for the ceiling. Yeah. Agreed. And neither of you sound enthusiastic about it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the, we got we got two more teams. Let's go to the AL East and let's talk about the dumpster fire uh, rotation of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you're looking at Eovaldi, hopefully healthy Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, unlikely to be healthy Garrett Richards, terrible Martin Perez, and I'm praying for Nick Pavetta to make his move. So where does <laughs> Tanner Hook fit into this, if at all. Triple A. Well, I mean, I think you kind of alluded to it. Uh, I would guess that one of the five guys in front of him gets hurt this spring, mm-hmm. and that'll be his ticket into the rotation. And then we, let me guess, we expect nothing but terrible <laughs> once that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind Hook just because he's going so late. Uh, I mean, he was disgusting last year. I mean, I, I know the book wasn't really out, but his slider is so good. Uh, I don't know. I, I think you're getting him around, like, pick 400. I think he's he's worth a flyer there. All right. Andy, yes, no, out. Uh, I, I don't think he's as good as he showed last year. I think, you know, obviously he's not going to perform like that. There'll be a little regression. Uh, I think that once an injury comes – He's going to come back, and uh, he's going to be solid, especially that ADP. It's, like I said, it's worth a flyer. All right. All right. So, let, let, James, we're out here. We're in New Jersey, so we talk to Yankees all the time. Neither of us are Yankee fans, but it, that that's what's on the radio. Andy, you love Clark Schmidt. Why don't you talk about him first, and let's see if James agrees with you. I'm not a big Clark Schmidt guy, but I, I, I have a feeling you're both going to disagree with me. Oh. Well, it's over now. I mean, we got yeah. reports that he's hurt now too. So. Oh, really? I missed that. Elbow. Oh, yeah. geez. Cross him yeah. off then. Yeah, this guy's dead. Cross <laughs> him off the list. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I mean, I I like him. He has great stuff. You know, four plus pitches, but it's just you know major question marks this year. So does that open the door for Davy Garcia then? I, I don't think I don't think he was. Holding the door for Debbie, I think he was coming in second. I think Garcia was going to be in there first. Yeah, I think I think so too. James, what do you think yeah, about the I, Yankees rotation? Yeah, I mean, it, prospects are dropping like flies right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Schmidt, I would cross him off your, your sheet, and yeah, I think Garcia's in there. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Next is, time. is there there any prospects that might have a shot at anything positive on your fantasy team in 2021 <laughs> that we did not speak about? And, and another question: Is there a possible rookie of the year in in this group at all? 
Um, you know, honestly, I forget. Do, does like our Sixto is Sixto eligible? Yes. I don't think he he is. Yes. Even though he was eligible last year. Okay. Um. I mean, he could win it. I I I like his teammate Trevor Rogers as like for kind of. I mean, I like him more than Hulk, and he's going in the same spot because he's actually okay. in the rotation for sure. Okay. And he's got a plus changeup, and he's the mid-90s lefty. So um, I think he's he's solid. But, I mean, we, we could talk uh, we could talk Wu-Tang if you guys want, but, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think we've, we've talked enough about pitching prospects. <laughs> James, I would never take you for a Wu-Tang guy, but, but Andy told me you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I was, yeah, yeah I, that's, that's uh, as good as it gets on the hip-hop side. All right, I got two quick Wu-Tang trivia questions. Let's see if you guys could get this, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, they had two songs reach the top 100 on the Billboard charts. What were they? One's easy. Cream. Right. Um, Gravel Pit? Nope. The second one was Method Man. Oh, uh, yeah. sure. You suck. <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys were Wu Tang guys. All right, here's here's. Well, I, fu- I would, I would have gotten cream. Yeah, everybody would. Yeah, I, I was. I, I, that's why I, I said think our really wives would have gotten that. <laughs> I said it really fast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> all right, and, and your next one. This one's for bonus points. What Wu Tang Clan member once picked up their welfare check riding in a limousine? ODB. There you yeah, go. <laughs> all right, all right, James. Before we get out of here, why don't you take a minute and tell everybody where they can find your work? Uh, yeah, over at rotowire.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at realjr anderson, and just released uh, my big uh, 178 prospects you need to know in the AL East article earlier this week. The AL Central one will be going up. Uh, tomorrow probably and um, yeah you said Farm Friday catch me on Sirius XM Fridays and Saturdays uh, around lunchtime and uh, the Prospect Podcast I do with Clay Link uh, goes out every Wednesday All right, Andy you got anything intelligent to add before we get out of here Uh, no I just want to say thanks to James and uh, we're going to be talking some trades soon and uh, obviously you know, you're gonna have to do a lot to beat us because <laughs> we got we got two brains. Oh no, he no, you don't. Do you have a partner no, in that league I'm or you're so, solo? I'm solo in this one. I'm solo in this. Okay, one. yeah. So so our two brains might beat you. So <laughs> I'm, I. I'm in the market for Kershaw, as you guys know. So it'll just, oh, uh, <laughs> eventually, eventually, he'll be mine. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk about it, man. Thanks, right. thanks again. Appreciate you, man. All right, All right. yeah. You guys have a good night. All right, guys. We'll take care, man. Peace. Peace.